0: Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. John Locke, Second Treatise of Government, Chapter 13, Continued. Section 153. It is not necessary, no, nor so much as convenient, that the legislative should be always in being, but absolutely necessary that the executive power should, because there is not always need of new laws to be made, but always need of execution of the laws that are made. When the legislative hath put the execution of the laws they make into other hands, they have a power still to resume it out of those hands, when they find cause, and to punish for any maladministration against the laws. The same holds also in regard of the federative power, that and the executive being both ministerial and subordinate to the legislative, which, as has been shown, in a constituted commonwealth, is the supreme. The legislative also in this case being supposed to consist of several persons for if it be a single person, it cannot but be always in being, and so will, as supreme, naturally have the supreme executive power together with the legislative, may assemble and exercise their legislature at the times that either their original constitution or their own adjournment appoints, or when they please. If neither of these hath appointed any time, or there be no other way prescribed to convoke them, For the supreme power being placed in them by the people, it is always in them, and they may exercise it when they please, unless by their original constitution they are limited to certain seasons, or by an act of their supreme power they have adjourned to a certain time, and when that time comes they have a right to assemble and act again. Section 154 If the legislative, or any part of it, be made up of representatives chosen for that time by the people, which afterwards returns into the ordinary state of subjects, and have no share in the legislature but upon a new choice, this power of choosing must also be exercised by the people, either at certain appointed seasons, or else when they are summoned to it. And in this latter case, the power of convoking the legislative is ordinary placed in the executive, and has one of these two limitations in respect of time. That either the original constitution requires their assembling and acting at certain intervals, and then the executive power does nothing but ministerially issue directions for their electing and assembling according to due forms, or else it is left to his prudence to call them by new elections, when the occasions or exigencies of the public require the amendment of old or making of new laws, or the redress or prevention of any inconveniences that lie on or threaten the people. Section 155. It may be demanded here, What if the executive power, being possessed of the force of the commonwealth, shall make use of that force to hinder the meeting and acting of the legislative, when the original constitution or the public exigencies require it? I say, using force upon the people without authority, and contrary to the trust put in him that does so, is a state of war with the people, who have a right to reinstate their legislative in the exercise of their power. For having erected a legislative, with an intent they should exercise the power of making laws, either at certain set times, or when there is need of it, when they are hindered by any force from what is so necessary to the society and wherein the safety and preservation of the people consists, the people have a right to remove it by force. In all states and conditions, the true remedy of force without authority is to oppose force to it. The use of force without authority always puts him that uses it into a state of war, as the aggressor, and renders him liable to be treated accordingly. Section 156 the power of assembling and dismissing the legislative, placed in the executive, gives not the executive a superiority over it, but is a fiduciary trust placed in him, for the safety of the people, in a case where the uncertainty and variableness of human affairs could not bear a steady, fixed rule, for it not being possible that the first framers of the government should, by any foresight, be so much masters of future events, as to be able to prefix so just periods of return and duration to the assemblies of the legislative in all times to come, that might exactly answer all the exigencies of the Commonwealth. The best remedy could be found for this defect was to trust this to the prudence of one who was always to be present, and whose business it was to watch over the public good. Constant, frequent meetings of the legislative, and long continuations of their assemblies, without necessary occasion, could not but be burdensome to the people, and must necessarily, in time, produce more dangerous inconveniences, and yet the quick turn of affairs might be sometimes such as to need their present help. Any delay of their convening might endanger the public, and sometimes, too, their business might be so great that the limited time of their sitting might be too short for their work and rob the public of that benefit, which could be had only from their mature deliberation. What then could be done in this case to prevent the community from being exposed, some time or other, to eminent hazard, on one side or the other, by fixed intervals and periods, set to the meeting and acting of the legislative, but to entrust it to the prudence of some, who being present and acquainted with the state of public affairs, might make use of this prerogative for the public good? and where else could this be so well placed as in his hands who was entrusted with the execution of the laws for the same end thus supposing the regulation of times for the assembling and sitting of the legislative not settled by the original constitution it naturally fell into the hands of the executive not as an arbitrary power depending on his good pleasure but with this trust always to have it exercised only for the public weal as the occurrences of times and change of affairs might require. Whether settled periods of their convening, or a liberty left to the Prince for convoking the legislative, or perhaps a mixture of both, hath the least inconvenience attending to it, it is not my business here to inquire. But only to show that though the executive power may have the prerogative of convoking and dissolving such conventions of the legislative, yet it is not thereby superior to it. Section 157 Things of this world are in so constant a flux, that nothing remains long in the same state. Thus people, riches, trade, power, change their stations. Flourishing mighty cities come to ruin, and prove in time's neglected desolate corners whilst other unfrequented places grow into populous countries, filled with wealth and inhabitants. But things not always changing equally, and private interests often keeping up customs and privileges when the reasons of them are ceased, it often comes to pass that in governments, where part of the legislative consists of representatives chosen by the people, that in tract of time this representation becomes very unequal and disproportionate to the reasons it was at first established upon. To what gross absurdities the following of custom, when reason has left it, may lead, we may be satisfied, when we see the bare name of a town, of which there remains not so much as the ruins, where scarce so much housing as a sheep coat, or more inhabitants than a shepherd is to be found, sends as many representatives to the grand assembly of lawmakers as a whole country numerous in people, and powerful in riches. This strangers stand amazed at. And every one must confess, needs a remedy, though most think it hard to find one, because the constitution of the legislative being the original and supreme act of the society, antecedent to all positive laws in it, and depending wholly on the people, no inferior power can alter it. And therefore, the people, when the legislative is once constituted, having in such a government as we have been speaking of, no power to act as long as the government stands, This inconvenience is thought incapable of a remedy. Section 158. Salus populi suprema lex is certainly so just and fundamental a rule that he who sincerely follows it cannot dangerously err. If, therefore, the executive, who has the power of convoking the legislative, observing rather the true proportion than fashion of representation, regulates, not by old custom, but true reason, the number of members in all places that have a right to be distinctly represented, which no part of the people, however incorporated, can pretend to, but in proportion to the assistance which it affords to the public, it cannot be judged to have set up a new legislative, but to have restored the old and true one, and to have rectified the disorders which succession of time had insensibly, as well as inevitably, introduced for it being the interest as well as intention of the people to have a fair and equal representative, whoever brings it nearest to that is an undoubted friend to and establisher of the government, and cannot miss the consent and approbation of the community. Prerogative being nothing but a power in the hands of the Prince to provide for the public good in such cases which, depending upon unforeseen and uncertain occurrences, certain and unalterable laws could not safely direct. Whatsoever shall be done manifestly for the good of the people, and the establishing the government upon its true foundations is, and always will be, just prerogative. The power of erecting new corporations, and therewith new representatives, carries with it a supposition that in time the measures of representation might vary. And those places have a just right to be represented, which before, had none, and by the same reason, those cease to have a right and be too inconsiderable for such a privilege which before had it. Tis not a change from the present state, which perhaps corruption or decay has introduced, that makes an inroad upon the government, but the tendency of it to injure or oppress the people, and to set up one part or party with a distinction from and an unequal subjection of the rest. Whatsoever cannot but be acknowledged to be an advantage to the society, and people in general, upon just and lasting measures, will always, when done, justify itself. And whenever the people shall choose their representatives upon just and undeniably equal measures, suitable to the original frame of the government, it cannot be doubted to be the will and act of the society, whoever permitted or caused them so to do. Tis the gift to be simple."